The Detroit Tigers finally end their losing streak. It's over. Eight games is where it stopped. They did lose a game yesterday, but they split a traditional doubleheader. We're going to talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. Thank you for making Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, and that is including YouTube. Okay. Tigers split a traditional doubleheader yesterday and end the eight-game losing streak, as said in the beginning. Um... What a great, what a great day. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to lose out. We got that going for us. Look, a tale of two different games offensively. We'll start with that and we'll get to both games for sure. Um, but it, it's, it's amazing to me that it's, in game one, even when this offense, what, like even when they scored their run and even when this offense was like trying to get something going, it wasn't even like effective. And they scored seven in game two. That's the most they've scored in over a week. What, nine days, 10 days is the last time they they scored more than five. So, like, we'll we'll take it, and I will will gladly take a win. Uh, And we have Kerry Carpenter stuff to talk about. It's just, even when this team is good, like, they're not even, it's not even that good. (laughs) And it's just demoralizing. (laughs) It's really demoralizing. But we do have a lot of good news, and in a season that, has been not a lot of good news, right? In a season that that has had very little good news and very little things go right. Uh, Kerry Carpenter hitting his first major league homer will always be cool and will always be a very cool part of this season and be a part that brings a smile to my face, bring a smile to your face. It's a very cool moment. First, first hit over the weekend, first home run, Firsts are, are always cool at the major league level. It's a lot of hard work. It's so difficult to get to that point. And yeah, it's just it's just a very cool thing. So he goes yard. He had a crazy game too. Um, let's go in order though. Let's start with game one. You to be the offense in game, game one of this doubleheader. Uh, Tiger scored one run. They scored it in the first inning and they got shut out for the remainder of the game. They had three total hits. One error, that would be by Javi Baez. Javi now has 20 errors. I tweeted this out. 20 errors, 18 walks, and 11 homers. That's an unbelievable stat in my eyes. That is that is truly remarkable that you can, that that's even possible. Like truly remarkable. More errors than walks. And more walks than homers. When Javi's putting up more walks than homers, and when all, it's just, it's not good. It's not good. So that happened again. I mean, like it was same old, same old. Like I, th- this wasn't a, a very exciting game. It was four to one. 
Uh, this wasn't a game where the offense really came out and, and showed out again. They had three hits and what two walks yeah three hits and two walks you had five base runners you scored one run uh that one hit was a double javi baez with a uh, double and and javi also went viral today at the end of this game for, for kind of vlad guerrero senioring his his way to a fly out in center field you remember Vlad Sr. would always swing it like balls that bounced on home plate or or were a foot outside and everybody would be like hey anybody else that would be a big problem but because it's Vlad Sr. we're just like okay with it because he's the best bad ball hitter of all time that's what this reminded me of except it was a fly out instead of like a double or a single or whatever um really bad pitch to swing at obviously I'm not telling anything you don't already know with that um, but the, it's just the fact that this has happened twice with Javi in the last like five games, like literally at the end of last week, right? Against Cleveland, Karen Jack threw a curveball that bounced before home plate and Javi swung and missed at it. It's, you know, when it rains, it pours and he's leading baseball in errors and he has more errors than than, than walks and homers. <laughs> not, not great, Bob. Not great. Uh, Riley Green, Victor Reyes, and Javi Baez would get the three hits. Those are the one, two, and three hitters in this game. So your four through nine hitters total had one base runner, Eric Hostra walk, and zero hits. It's not going to win you too many ball games, And... The proof of that is in game two when the bottom of the lineup actually was productive and getting you hits, et cetera, right? So uh, that's it for the offense in game one. I, I don't – we're, we're going to talk about a better offensive performance in game two. Let's just get to that. I'm tired of just coming on here and talking about how, how terrible this offense is every day, and, and it is, and, and game two doesn't change any of that. You're going to have to do that for like the rest of the season to make this an okay, not even like a slightly below average offense. Um, anyway, Drew Hutchinson started this game. I was very impressed. Five and a third, seven hits, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts, probably his best outing. He almost had a shutout. I was really pulling for him. Um, I, I really, really wanted him to, uh, to, to get to hold on and, and get a shutout there, but Regardless, we will take it. Um, th this was a game, any doubleheader, you need innings from your starting pitchers just because that's how doubleheaders work, right? You know you're going to eat into your bullpen. But especially with how, we've talked about it a million times on though, but how taxed the bullpen already has been for a majority of the season. So you add that onto it. And looking ahead just just everything you, you need your starter to go deep into games and drew hutchinson and brian garcia went five and a third and when then brian garcia went six that is incredibly helpful and should not be overlooked that that is, those are important innings that are being eaten um and i believe i forget who tweeted it out jason beck maybe i don't want to I don't, I don't want to screw up the credit, but some, somebody that was not me tweeted out when you're looking at pitchers who have thrown up this year, Drew Hutchins, only the third Tiger 
to throw 100 pitches in a game this season for the for obviously the Detroit Tigers. Tarek Skubal, I think, has five. Then Erod has two or three. Drew Hutchinson is the third. Only three people. Have, and again, that's just more evidence of we need innings from starters because this bullpen gassed. So, shout out Drew Hutchinson. Looked really solid. I think most of this one was the pitch mix. Um, really mixed it up super well. 101 pitches, as I said. 33 four seams, 32 sliders, 21 sinkers, and 15 changeups. That's a great mix. Uh, seven hits and was getting hit decently hard. Um, but the defense played behind him. And uh, a lot of the hits were right at people. And uh, especially, again, when, when you're talking about that sinker ball that was thrown 21 times, put in play. The sinker ball is a is a pitch-to-contact pitch. It is supposed to be put in play. So if you remove the sinker, the other three pitches combined only got put in play nine times. The sinker alone, ten. So I that, that's a good ratio for me. That's a good balance. CSW percentage, 25%. Nothing to write home about, but not a bad performance either. I, I, I was... I, I was very, very pleased with Drew Hutchinson's start. As I found myself saying a lot, and he has a 4-2-3 ERA. He's not a world beater. Um, but the thing I say after every Drew Hutchinson start, I feel like, is every time he takes the bump, you're going to have a chance to win. It's just our offense doesn't really live up to their end um, of that agreement too terribly often. We'll get into the rest of the pitching, and then we'll get into game two. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Built.com. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So run to built.com right now to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for yourself. That's what I usually do, to be honest. Like all built bars and the new cookie dough chunk puff, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're healthy and they're tasty. Um, and that's what's great about built is that they are made with protein. Your body absorbs efficiently, provides a ton of health benefits, so you can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15. LOCKEDON15. Sorry. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody, welcome back here to segment two of Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, so Will Vest came in to relieve Drew Hutchinson. He went one inning, one hit, two earned runs, one walk, one K. Uh, Drew, Drew Hutchinson. Will Vest's ERA is now 391. We're getting up into that four category. Uh, really ever since he got optioned down and people were like, oh, like why, you know, he closed out a game for us once against Baltimore. And I, I, you know, in a lot of bullpens, he would still be solid and would still have been on the roster for a majority of the season. He's had a good year. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Um, but 
his first two months have been vastly different from June to now. And it's hasn't been a thing of stuff. That slider is still a really effective pitch when it's commanded properly. It's just really has been a lack of command. He's kind of been all over the place. The fastball uh, command mostly has really, really um, not been there, I guess is the way to put it since like mid-June. So we'll see something to keep an eye on. He's going to keep getting innings. I want to keep getting to see and figure it out and get back to where he was of the season but something to keep an eye out for because that era is continuously going up uh, over the last several weeks andrew chafin then two-thirds of an inning one hit one run it was an absolute bomb uh two strikeouts as well uh so those two runs to obviously he did not give up the homer but he put the runners on base um andrew chafin then gave up the big blow that would only have one run, I guess, <laughs> knocked to his ERA. Good play there, uh, Andrew. Two five four ERA on the season for him. Made one mistake. It was a very good pitch. It was a slider that didn't slide, and it hung belt high. It was a little inside, but when you're sitting on a that pitch, especially as a lefty, and it just has a bad break, and you get the barrel round on it, you can hit that ball a country mile, and that's exactly what happened. So, not a good pitch, but besides that one pitch, I th- and the first pitch of his outing. He made two bad pitches, and besides that, I was I was pretty, uh, you know, pretty fine with. It's normally Andrew Chafinani. He's good. Willie Peralta then comes in, walks another batter, uh, but doesn't cost him anything, and, and and that's it. So one inning, one walk, no Ks, no hits, no runs. Two five eight ERA on the year for Willie Peralta. So that's the end of game one. Let's get into the fun game. Let's get into game two. Tigers win that one. By a score of seven to five. This was, if the day was a tale of two games, this game was a tale of two halves because the first four innings for the Tigers was not good. They were down three to one going into the fifth. Um, Brian Garcia, I thought, had kind of. Not overstayed his welcome, but I thought had had given us pretty much everything we could expect out of him. Three runs in four innings isn't fantastic, but uh, I, I was fine to live with it. We go to our bullpen. We've had a pretty solid bullpen this year, and, and hopefully we can just keep Cleveland to about three or four runs, and maybe the offense would come around and, and get it. And I didn't expect to win this game at that point either, because how could you, um, given how, the offensive performance this season by this team? But... Then, magically out of nowhere, they just start taking significantly better at-bats. Everybody's seeing the ball really well. And again, I talked about in the first game, the four through nine in game one had no base runner. Jonathan Scope, two for five. He was your, what, six hitter. Kerry Carpenter, your seven for four. Tucker Barnhart, your eight hitter, three for four. And you put up seven runs. Now, I'm not saying I expect the seven, eight, nine hitters to have, what, three, two, math off the top of my head, eight. Eight hits alone between three. They were the six through eight hitters, right? I'm not expecting that. We had 15 hits as a team. What I am saying 
is that the one of the main reasons that this offense has been sutured this season is because they get no offense after the four-hitter. They haven't really gotten offense from the top of the lineup either, but uh, even when Riley Green is getting on base, even when Javi Baez is riding one of his like hot streaks for a couple of weeks, even when Eric Haas is in the top four in the lineup and, and it continues to hit really well, the bottom of the lineup does nothing, nothing, like ever. So that is the main reason for the success in game two. Now, Victor Reyes obviously had three hits. Willie Castro had a pair of hits. Javi had another hit. Riley Green had a hit. Everybody except Harold Castro and Cody Clemens had hits in this one. Um, I don't have an update on the injury. I'm assuming he was fine. Um, the ball off. I'm assuming he's fine because he, he looked fine after he got it. Um, don't, don't have an immediate update on that. Um, Cody Clemens, what he didn't do in the batter's box, he certainly did in the field. Uh, playing third base, made two phenomenal plays in this one, a diving catch toward the baseline and then had a pop-out in foul territory that he climbed over the tarp to get. Really, really impressive game defensively from him. Had a couple of other ground balls his way as well. Um, didn't get it done at the plate. But when you have 15 hits as a team, at, at least you can make up for it. You know, you're batting nine. You know, that that's fine. We'll take it as long as you're – Giving us some productive defense, and that's what he did. Tucker Barnhart, three hits. Uh, I'm not sure it's really explainable, to be completely honest with you. That's just like, it, you know, baseball. There wasn't anything I saw today from Tucker Barnhart that made me think, oh, we figured it out. Here we go. Rest of the season, Tucker Barnhart's going to be a good hitter. I, I would not put money on that, but we'll take it. And hopefully, hopefully there is something that he figured out and, and that he can continue doing for the rest of the season. And, and hopefully he is hitting well the rest of the year. Jonathan Scope, same thing. Didn't really see anything that blew me away as like an adjustment he made. Pretty much looked the exact same. And he struck out still three times in this game. <laughs> but the two times he did hit the ball, you know, one of them went very far. Ninth homer of the year, Jonathan Scope. That's like, what, third on the team? Yeah. I think it's third on the team. That's sad. It's August 15th. Third most home runs on the team is still in single digits. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I and Kerry Carpenter, that's one I do want to talk about because that one actually he did look way different at the plate. So I want to really hone in on him. We'll get to that and then the pitching performance by Brian Garcia and the rest of the doubleheader. After I tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline, BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. At a bet online today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Segment three here, final segment of Locked On Tigers. Um, okay, Kerry Carpenter, he looked 
way different at the plate today. And like, obviously, you know, you can point to that. He went three for four with a homer, like no kidding. No, like he, he, even if the, the bloop single was caught and he only went two for four. And even if the, the home run got caught at the warning track and he went one for four. And even if he went over, he looked visibly different in this game than he has in his entire major league tenure. And maybe it truly just was like having to get that monkey off of his back of, of like the first major league hit. Right. And then once he got that all the way, he calmed down a little bit, got on base a couple of times on Saturday, but he looked phenomenal. And what Kerry Carpenter all season in the minor league level, he has made his living and had this incredible season at the minor league level due to hitting fastballs well and taking advantage of mistakes. He's still trying to get the timing of the fastball down. The home run was a fastball up and away that honestly was maybe even a ball up and away that he still reached out, extended his arms on, got around on and pulled for a home run. Very impressive at bat. Um, But he was working counts. He wasn't trying to swing out of his shoes. He wasn't swinging at uh, like really bad pitches. He wasn't chasing pitches on two strikes. He worked a couple of counts full. Like he looked so much better, so much calmer, so much more collected, much more just like a pro. Like he he looked so solid. And if, if he's figured it out and it's just like, it's game time now. And like the timing is down. I'm not nervous anymore. I'm not expecting my, trying to get my major league hit rather. And it's just like, he's zoned in and ready. Then we're in for a, a, a last month and a half of the season from at least one hitter. Because if you've watched a lick of this dude at the minor league, you know, obviously, when he gets hot, he gets hot. And it's all going to come down to those two things. He's not the best breaking ball hitter on the entire planet. I'm not going to lie to you. He's not some dude that in the minors like dominated curveballs or really like sat on sliders well or hit changeups incredibly well. He hit fastballs like crazy, and he took advantage of mistake pitches. You hang a curveball, he's going to hang and bang, right? Those are the two things that have made him unbelievable this season. Um, and and Eric Haas is very similar. Eric Haas, a majority of his success comes off fastballs. He's not super effective against the breaking balls. And yet, since June, has OPS in the mid-high 800. Like, that, that is, a, a, you can be a very, effective major league ball player do those two things and i'm hoping he's figured it out um it's worth ops up to 846 <laughs> it's, it's it's worth nothing i'm not trying to be a homer it's just it's really nice looking at the ops in the lineup because harold is now down to 703 harold castro's ops is now almost below 700 which would mean that we would not have a single qualified hitter with an ops over 700 on the entire lot but after this game, Kerry Carpenter's OPS 846. So I'm not going to forget it. And uh, and we're going to keep saying 846. That's that's a great OPS. Um, looks really, really good. I cannot stress enough how just night and day. Like if you're – if I can't imagine anyone watched him and was like, oh, yeah, that's the same dude. Like just so blatantly – so many small things he did differently, so many macro things he did differently – Looked insurmountably better, and I hope he just maintains this and, and this Harry Carpenter we get for the remainder of the year. 
Okay, lastly, let's get to the pitching for game two. Brian Garcia started this game. He would go six innings, five hits, no walks, five Ks. That three walks is a little deceiving as he plunked three different batters. Uh, however, five Ks and only three and runs in six innings, that's a quality start. Quality start is six innings and three or less runs. That's a quality start. Brian Garcia just gave you a quality start. If we didn't win this game, I would be losing my mind on this show right now. I, I would be I would be livid. And I know some of you are like, oh, I kind of wish they didn't know. But I for real, I, I would be I would be losing it. If we wasted a quality start from Brian Garcia, I, seriously, I would have I would have lost my mind. So, big ups to Brian Garcia. Big ups to the offense for not wasting this thing because this, I, I mean, funny will probably be the only one he maybe in his entire major league career. Um, eight whiffs in six innings, not fantastic, but a 31% CSW percentage, called strikes plus whiffs. 19 called strikes, 14 of them on the sinker. That pitch was moving. It looked solid. Average exit velocity, one-tenth of a mile an hour below 90. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. He got hit hard a couple of times and and uh, had several baseballs having 100 miles an hour. But 5Ks, no walks, pumped three batters. 5Ks, no walks, though. It's just, it was, yeah, I, you know what? I'm not even sure I can come on here and really explain. Like, the sinker was an effective pitch. Um, he, he was locating it pretty well when he wasn't drilling it into the rib cage of his opponents. Uh, the slider and changeup, he threw the slider 20 times, the changeup 19 times, right? That's a good mix. Don't really know what the secondary pitch is coming. Be effective. But at the end of the day, I think it was a baseball moment, and we'll gladly take it. We'll gladly take it. Very, very impressed. Very happy for him uh, that he can kind of have that under his belt. Of and nobody ever take that away from him. Had, had a pretty, had a pretty good start. And you know, it's not like he threw a no hitter. Like he gave up three runs in six innings, but it is a quality start. Six in a major league baseball game. So, so big ups, Brian Garcia. That's where we're at in this point in the season. That's what we're celebrating. Jose Cisnero, one tenth. One tenth, one third of an inning, one hit, one run, two walks. Um, this is again something we've talked about a lot as a we were kind of ahead of the curve on this one. Um, his ERA is is two one six. It's it's increasing. It's inflating. Uh, ever since he's come back from in man has been whack to be honest with you, and uh, nobody really seems to be talking about it because oh look at his low ERA. Uh, you know. Been kind of tight roping his way out of danger. Gave up a run in this one. Got pulled. Didn't even let him get a second out. Um, yeah, he was. He was. The, the command was really brutal. The sinker was really brutal. The four seam fastball command was brutal. He would try to go to the breaking stuff, and uh, it was nowhere near the strike zone. So he just stopped throwing it all together. Just didn't have it. And uh, it, it, it's really. And I'll be interested in seeing what happens with him the rest of the season. And then in the offseason, because this is a dude who's probably best reliever from 2020 to 20 through 2021. And uh, was usually more than anybody in that stretch. 
and uh, got hurt. And since coming back from injury, it's kind of forgotten about by the fan base. Like, we just are for- – because the bullpen's been so good, we just aren't really remembering that he was a massive piece of this bullpen for the last two years. So, we'll see what happens with him going forward. Joe Jimenez, two-thirds of an inning, uh, tight ropes his way out of danger and two base runners from Cisnero does a pretty good job there. Uh, slaying one inning of perfect ball looks really effective. The command in the, like, the first two pitches of the outing was really, I thought after that he kind of honed in. Then Gregory Soto, two hits and a run, but holds on to the game. Uh, they had a three-run cushion. They won by two. Uh, wasn't the most effective version of Greg we've seen. However, he didn't walk anybody, so I guess that's something. Uh, we've been asking him to just pound the strike zone, the average exit velocity, like the max exit velocity, the hardest ball he gave up that inning was 88. Like, it's not like he was getting barreled or crushed. They were kind of just some BABIP stuff. It's going to happen. He held on to the game. That's really all I care about. Okay. That is, I think that's all I got. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings you humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. I think that's it. I think that's it, man. I'm, I'm trying to think of anything else, but I don't, I don't think so. I think that's all I got. Um, streak is over. Heck Yeah. Let, let's try and win some more, maybe, you know? Maybe let's not make this like a once-in-a-blue-moon thing or some big celebratory thing like nobody beats the Tigers nine times in a row. Like, I'd, not to, I'd like to not make those jokes, and I'd like to just make winning somewhat regular, but I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. We'll gladly take a win, though. We will always gladly take a win. Never going to complain about that. Some fun performances. Kerry Carpenter, man, I'm really pumped for the rest i'm really pumped i'm hoping that uh that he can put something together here and make make this offense somewhat watchable the remainder of the season peace and love going to therapy's dope i'll catch you tomorrow baby go tigers